quick shout out to all of our sponsors. Started with Taigatu. This is a brand that's based out here in the Northwest. Started by two brothers. And their motto is freedom from ordinary. This brand is an amazing lifestyle brand. Go check them out. Taigatu. Use the code TOPRATINGMMA for a discount at the checkout. Reweb, they're a veteran-owned digital marketing agency. And they're on a mission to help 1 million small businesses and feed 1 billion people by giving back. In fact, if you go to their website, you can fill out a form right now. They will give you a personalized video review of your website and help you with some strategies for free. Just tell them Top Radio May sent you. Go check them out, rewebbed.com. Combat flags, they do flags like the one behind me and the original combat flag, which is a four by six inch flag made by fatigues that are donated to combat flags from soldiers that wore them. And the cool thing is every combat flag that comes out to you has the story of the soldier that wore that fatigue. They have donated close to $80,000 to Stop Soldier Suicide, a great organization. Go check them out, Combat Flags. Rep Sports, look, this is not your typical supplement store. These guys have everything and they taste great and it's good prices. Protein, weight loss, muscle build, pre-workout, you name it, they've got it. Plus, they're the makers of Ray's Energy. Like I said, go check them out. Rep Sports at TopRatedMMA.com. Use the code TOPRATEDMMA for 15% off your order and go order them today. Strawweight champion, thank you so much for taking time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, if, if topology is correct, you started your amateur career just back in 2006. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Who introduced you to MMA and, and why did you decide to pursue that thing? Well, since I was uh, younger, I always wanted to do something like this, but I okay. wasn't like I didn't even know that MMA existed. I wanted to do like WWE style, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I started judo when I was, I remember, I was pretty young. And then I did pretty well right away. I was, like, competing all over Mexico. I'm Mexican. Yeah, okay. Um, in the first year, like, I was doing really good. And then I started growing. And then I kind of lost interest. Um, after, in 2008, I moved, I moved here to, in, to Canada. Okay. And uh, in a Brooks, after... Like on 2010, 11, something like that. 2006. I don't remember. It's so long ago. But anyways, yeah. I started doing judo again here. Okay. Um, I started competing again. I started getting um, like those tingling, and then I saw uh, MMA on TV, and then I was like, well, I want to do that. I started training, and then after a year or two, one or two years. I got my first amateur fight, and then it's been since. Come on. That's awesome. Yeah. Always a fun question to ask, but where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? I grew up in Mexico. Okay. I moved I moved here when I was 14. Yeah, 14. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I was always doing something. I was always playing sports, uh, yeah. really athletic all the time. Um, okay. And then, yeah, I moved here when I was 14. So my life in Mexico wasn't like, you know, as crazy, I guess. It's, okay. I was just young. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Now, I mean, it looks like when you started your amateur career, you went 0-2. A lot of people were just thrown in the towel at that point. Well, why did you decide to keep fighting? Yes, well, I I was fighting 125, but that's not an excuse. 
it okay. was just took me quite a bit of time to get those nervous out of the way. Yeah. Took me a little bit of time of figuring out myself in the cage. Yep. And uh, after I remember the fight when I fought Sam, Sam Humes the second yeah. time. That was when everything clicked. And then I was like, okay, I, I think I know what I like to do before fights. I know I know what to do once in there, you know, how to act. And that's it. In the beginning, I was, I think, I was trying to figure out what I liked, pretend I was mad at that person. And I, I, I just tried so many different things. I didn't know how I was supposed to. And then finally, I just realized that what works for me is just being myself. Yeah. Dance. I like to dance before, like for my warm ups. I'm dancing with my coaches in the back. It's just cool. what I like to do. So that's just having fun, I guess. And I yeah. pick up, I pick it up, and then yeah, I don't. Every fighter encounters a loss, but when you take a loss, do you go back and watch tape or visualize what you could have done, or you just kind of like take your le- lesson learned and move on? Well, I kind of like go through whatever I did wrong and what happened and trying to figure it out what was the move that I did wrong and why I got called or why why was that mistake mm-hmm. and then work like work that area where I'm lacking and just keep going with the training and keep going to more fights you know gotcha yeah, yeah. how do you yeah. prepare mentally for your fights uh, it's just like I'm I'm training every day I'm training I'm I'm always like, like if I'm in shape, like I'm, I'm, my, my mind is clear, it's fine. Like, I pretty much, if like if you train, you're ready. It's not shouldn't, I guess. And it's yeah. just, I think it's just in me. I'm crazy. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happens. I'm just crazy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah. And you trained with Miranda Granger, who has been on my show in the past. What was that experience like? Yeah, I trained with her a couple of times. Uh, yeah, she's she's awesome. She's yeah. uh, it was you know we had some good rounds. Uh, she's she's a, she's my friend. Okay. Um, yeah, I go there. I stayed at her house for a couple of days to train with her, and then she came over here before to train. So yeah, we're we're pretty we're like close. Like, yeah. No, super close, but we're close. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, she's awesome girl. Yeah, yeah, she is yeah. fun. I, I'm excited to see her in the UFC, and hopefully yeah. you'll be the next one getting into the yes, UFC. Yes, I can wait. Uh, describe what it takes to be a champion in one word. <clears throat> Courage. Courage. Yeah, I love it. I'll yeah. say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the hardest thing about being a champion? The hardest part? Yeah. Like, honestly, the fights that I'm having right now is just preparing me to the next level. Mm-hmm. So for me, being a champion right now for organization, not like in the UFC, right. which is like the bigger, you know, promotion right, like right now, um, like it means like, okay, I'm going in the right direction, but it's not like, okay, great, I'm champion. Um, I'm the greatest. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So it's just like it's just like little steps and and then i it happens that i got a title and it's like a big step you know right so it's just yeah it's just like steps for me okay well yeah and what's coming up next obviously this COVID's kind of put a damper on the mma side of things but do you have anything lined up or anything in the works right now i don't have any 
spending okay. and working a lot with my sisters uh yeah. wrestlers um i'm focusing more on my wrestling more in my hands so when i'm back i'm more i'm better than than before yeah so yeah i'm just trying to uh to improve you know take this time to get better yeah, yeah. awesome well hey i wanted to shift to some fun questions here real quick for us i've got these things are called pod decks it's they're just random questions for us podcasters i'm gonna pull one out and Hopefully oh it's not gosh. a flop for us. We'll see what it says. <laughs> <laughs> what is the weirdest thing you find attractive in a person? Oh, the weirdest thing. Like get phys- physical? Yeah. Or maybe maybe it's not physical. I don't know. That's that. If I mean, if I say something, it may be weird. I don't want to sound weird. So let me. Okay. Everyone that knows me knows I'm free. Cuckoo, right? Um, okay. Let's see. The weirdest. Uh, their hands. Okay. okay. Yeah, hands. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's great. I had, I had one guy say that he was attracted to the feet, so <laughs> the hands are good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I like I like rough hands. I like, like, hard-working, yeah. you know, like, man hands. Yeah. No slow uh, hands. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Rough. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm a big music guy, so I love to ask this question. What's the favorite type of music for you? Or do you have a, a favorite band that you like to listen to? I love my Latin music. Okay. Yeah. yeah salsa, I love I love that. That's what I, um, that's what I warm up in the back before my fights. Okay. So, yeah, that's, I, I just love that. Very nice. And yeah. what's your go-to dessert? I'll say go to dessert. I have so many. Okay. Um, I'll stick with ice cream. Ice cream. Okay. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. And last question for you. This is always a fun one to ask. Uh, what's the weirdest tradition that your family has? The worst tradition that we have. Oh man, that's we don't have any traditions. We're just I don't know. Uh, meeting up every every weekend. Oh okay. Like, that's pretty much like a tradition that we do. Like every weekend is just family time and yeah, yeah. That's but a it's great tradition. Weird. Yeah, yeah but that's it's a great tradition. Okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, uh, Lupi, I also want to give you an opportunity just to give a shout out to coaches, teammates, sponsors, anything like that. The, the camera's all yours. Thank you. Well, I just want to, you know, give shout outs to uh, Titan MMA, C Boxeo, uh, where I do my boxing, uh, my boyfriend, which he runs my conditioning, my sisters that they've been w- working with me with my wrestling. Uh, Eso, he's also uh, been really big part of this. Uh, my wrestling right now um my family yeah and Very cool. you know yeah I, I love it thank you so much Lupi. it's such thank an you. honor to have you on my 200th episode of top rated may awesome thank awesome thank you again for the conversation today thank you Father, you're an NCAA wrestling champion, two-time featherweight world champion for Brave Combat Federation. Such an honor. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, man, thanks for having me, bro. You, you're right. Um, thing I'm probably most proud of is being a three-time father. Uh, I have three children, so I'm three-time undisputed father Come of on. the year, you know, so that's probably my biggest accolade on, on my dossier. But other than that, man, you got it right. I'm, I've been grinding for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Well, I like to start back at the beginning, man. Where'd you grow up and what was childhood like for you? Um, I'm from, I was born in Germany. My father was like an entrepreneur. He like, you know, he was a pastor in, in Germany, a, a bishop actually over a, a ton of churches out there. And, wow. you know, he had a, a whole little ministry thing going, not little, but big ministry thing going. So I was born in Germany. Um, his family is from Indiana. So I, we moved in that area to, to, to start wrestling and starting understanding, I guess, life. I was still pretty young, five. And I would say Virginia raised me. Uh, I, I would say if anyone asked me, where are you from, where are you from? I would say I'm from Virginia. You know, okay. even though I have places that I was before I was in Virginia, Virginia raised me. It's like Virginia woke me up. Virginia was the first thing to, to tell me, hey, this is what life, athleticism, girls, being a young man, this is what this is what it's all about right here. And, um, you know, I, I would say I got a great education in, in, in competition because um, – People don't know this, but Virginia is the athlete factory. We just breed everything that you could think of, we got. Whether you want to think of basketball and Allen Iverson or football and Michael Vick and Percy Arvin and people who I grew up with and know, or you want to think wrestling and, you know, things like that and MMA. And, you know, I would say uh, Virginia is a good place to learn how to get get uh, get your squabble on. And um, I definitely did that in, in the sports world. And then I got a full-ride scholarship to Penn State. Went yeah. to Penn State, rained and 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 and, and uh, rained and dined there. Did some great things. Won um, the Junior World Championships. I uh, was an NCAA finalist when I was there. And then you know I shipped out to go to Arizona State. Um, you know a new head coach came in from Penn State. Uh, he's still there now. He's raining. He's doing an amazing job. His name's Kel Sanderson. Most people may have heard of him. And, you know he, uh, him and I didn't really see eye to eye. I was very immature and young. And, you know, as was he in his coaching days, I would say. And, you know, we just didn't find a way to make it happen together. So, you know, I shipped out to Arizona State where I found family and, you know, a more want for MMA. Um, you know, my childhood, I would say rabbit, you say, the guy I was chasing after with all the titles and goals and things like that, a guy named Brian Stiff, he went to my high school. Okay. Uh, he ended up becoming real close with him and I. Um, my mom and him's mom, you know, really became like what you would call like sisters in um, in the black community. So he was more like a cousin to me, and he was four years apart. So when I first got to the high school, he had just first got to college. So okay. you know, as I was getting going from Penn State, as I was leaving Penn State, he was an assistant coach at Arizona State, and it was already a you know a situation to where I couldn't go to a, a certain. Uh, certain particular school because of the stipulations that Penn State had put on me and my release. So um, I had to go to Arizona State where he was. And like I said, I found family where I had already known him or I had already, you know, been involved, with, you know, in high school and chasing all his titles and things that he was doing. And he was already an NCAA finalist. So going to NCAAs, uh, going to Arizona State and winning NCAAs with him in my corner was like, you know, a redemption story for the both of us. And, you know, it was just an amazing kind of, jump start to our MMA career. His it's funny story, his uh, roommate all through college was Cain Velasquez. So when he was at Arizona State, that was the guy that, you know, was his 
gross buddy in college, I, I guess you could say, someone that he grew with and tried to learn where to go to class, not go to class, where to get your homework done, you know, things like yeah. that that you learn in college. And that was Cain Velasquez as his roommate. So they were really close friends. And I think he was his best man at his wedding and stuff like that. So okay. when I got there to Arizona State, you know, my mindset was win nationals and then, you know, go into the, the world of MMA. Before I even took a recruiting visit anywhere else, these were my top two plans. Gotcha. Wow. And so when you told your friends and your family, like, hey, I'm going to go do this MMA thing, what was the reaction you got? Well, uh, I was, I'm well connected. And I, I guess I, um, I guess you could say that people like me. So I, I'm, you know, real friendly and got a lot of friends and a lot of connections in a lot of different places. And, um, you know, whether it's just wrestling, MMA, like I said, um, Virginia is really known for their athletes and stuff like that. So I got a, you know, a, a big phone log, I guess. And so after I was done with wrestling, you know, really done with wrestling, I wasn't like trying to go to the Olympics or, you know, I was, you know, I had felt like I had done everything in wrestling that I wanted to do, that yeah. I could do, that I needed to prove that I was, you know, a legendary kind of wrestler. You know, I just had my own swag. I guess you could call me that the AI of wrestling. I, I did my own thing. I, I, I was at my own beat and, you know, it was a, it was a different, different terrain for me when I was coming up because, wrestling wasn't a sport that you were allowed to like really show great emotion in. you know, you weren't as far as like celebration and, you know, just, just, just wearing your heart on your sleeve during the entire process, whether yeah. win, lose or draw. And, and that was me, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. What was the question? I think I lost myself there. No, that's okay. I was just curious. Like when you told your family that you wanted to go into MMA and, you know, step yes. into a cage, what was their reaction? Uh, yes. Yes. That was saying. Um, so I had a big, extensive call log and my mom kind of wanted me you know to do something else like you know maybe go go to california and hang out with some friends out there that were you know really big in some certain industries and you know maybe start you know getting an acting career going or something like that because you know i, I did i did that in high school i did do plays and things like that and okay. you know it's it's not hard for me to get into a character or something like that you know i'm very yeah very i'm very i guess open and um I know who I am. You know, what I mean? yeah. you're not gonna, you're not gonna tell me that I'm fake. You're not gonna tell me that I'm, you know, not, uh, you know, genuine or transparent. You know what I mean? What you get with me is what you see. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm kind of, yeah. uh, I'm kind of easy to love because I'm not gonna try to trick you. <laughs> you right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I'm gonna awesome. run you over. I'm gonna run you over. You're gonna go from the, from the jump street. You know what I mean? If That's I don't awesome. like you, you're, you're gonna know I don't like you from jump street. You know, I'm real, real. Yeah. Also, man, I, I got a strong belief in Christ, man. That's that's yeah. where my, my foundation lies. You know, my believer is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, you know, everybody who wants to believe and have their opinion about that, man, try them for yourself. And, and, and that's all I'll say. You know, everyone's yeah. got to try their own thing and, you know, give him a try. And, you know, that's, he'll speak for himself. You don't defend a lion. You let a lion free and then the lion does what it does. You know what I mean? So, yep. yeah. That's, there you go with that. But, man. When I knew when I was going into MMA, my mom was like, ah, go into acting, go into okay. modeling, go into use your body, your physique. What'd you just graduate from? You know, what'd you just do in all those years in, in college? And it was in disciplinary studies. It was a bachelor of communications and, and sociology, figuring out how to um, non-verbally communicate with people and, yep. you know, just things like that, body language and stuff like that. So I, I could, I could. I could go a number of different ways with that type of thing, especially since I was an NCAA champion, you can cons consider me a black belt in wrestling. 
Yeah, sure. And open a gym and, you know, go that route, be a coach and go that route. And I was just like, you know what? I still want to compete. I still want to be a great athlete. I'm 23 and 0 on the streets. <laughs> I'm 23 and 0 in the streets, you know what I mean? So yeah. I might as well, you know, blend this whole MMA uh, thing together. And that's what it is, mixed martial arts. You know, I, yeah. I know when my joints are being manipulated. Um, so when it comes to jiu-jitsu, I have a, a pretty natural anti-jiu-jitsu submission game. You know, of course, the, the woes of a wrestler um, which are the guillotines and things like that. But once yeah. you get the you get the basics down, you get a really good defense of jujitsu, and you're not gonna see me um, on my back trying to you know put triangles on people. That's just you know my my dexterity and my legs and the yeah. knees and the wrestling that I've been through. They just you know I ain't gonna give away secrets, but I ain't gonna be triangle nobody anytime soon. You know maybe For sure. maybe when I hang them up and I try to get a red red uh red dragon. Uh, ninja black belt belt when I'm like 65 or something like that and it's right. old and then it's all said and done and my career of athleticism is is really hung up then I might try triangles but right now I'm working on getting up you know I'm working right. on the whole game of mixed martial arts I'm working on that and when I first came into the game um, my mom knew that I was very talented very fast a fast learner um, smart you know and uh, people are like, why aren't you in the UFC? You know, I, I'm a process guy. I love the process. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, most people will say I'm impatient in, in times when you like get to know me, but like when it comes down to doing things right and getting a real process about things, I, I dove into analyzing everything about the path and, and the process in which it takes to become great. Um, I tell a lot of people it's something similar to having like a real cop versus a mall cop. You know, a mall cop, you come in, take a drug test maybe maybe not they give you a flashlight and a, and a you know some spray and you know you you generally control an area and really yeah. do you really control it when a real criminal comes in he's going to look at you and be like man get out of my face and or go to the, go the other way a mall cop really has no authority but what can you expect when you you know took no process into getting that role as a mall cop yeah. But, you know, when you become, you know, an FBI agent or something like that, when you have real authority, when you have, you know, a real badge, when when you tell somebody to freeze, well, you know, mother freeze, you know, that, that's right. real, you know, yeah. that process and that steps to take, you know, it's the difference in being where you need to be and, and saying that you're that person. And I've actually done the process of being who I said I, I am. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm as real as they come, as, you know. I, I I ain't no faking in my in my in my in my in my persona when it comes to my sport, when it comes to my craft, when it comes to my ability to now evolve as a mixed martial artist. And like you said, this is the champions episode. So I yeah. I, I did the Bellator thing. I I went to Russia and did with the Russians and and did with the wrestlers, and then I went to the Middle East and did with the Bahrains and the you know things like that. And then now I'm with PFL and. You know, their organization shut down due to COVID, but as we're in this cocoon and as we've been, you know, kind of conserved our whole career, I mean, I've got 20 fights, I feel, I mean, 19, 20 fights, and, you know, I, I've kind of been preserved this whole time, um, you know, where I've had long periods of time where I didn't fight, and it feels like I only fight once every two years or something like that. I kind of know what it's like to preserve myself in these uh 
in these pandemic type situations. You know what I mean? Sure. My whole career has been on a, on a quarantine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've been in the process of being able to, you know, sit down a little bit and, and learn some things and take that process and not go the fast route. And, and um, you know, I'm ready for PFL and, you know, whatever that tournament looks like and whatever I've been in tournaments, I've been in things like that. And, now that I'm at a place where I know myself, I know my craft, I know the ins and outs of the agencies and what, you know, people are looking for, what the fans want, when you're, when you're free, when the crowd, when you're freedom, you know, I know these type of things, you know, play with it. My mom and my family are 100% behind, you know, my abilities and my thought process in stepping into what I have now called the MMA game. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. If you could describe to me what it takes to be a champion in one word. Man, I ain't going to be cliche. So I'm not going to go with every other person's going to say dedication. Okay? Okay? <laughs> yeah. Now. Now. Confidence. Oh, no, 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 no. Can I make it self-confidence, even though that's like a, you know, it's got a hyphen in it? Yeah, it's 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 one word to me. <laughs> so it's self-confidence. It's yeah. Self-confidence. Okay. Because there's going to be a lot of times where, like, even, like, man, the, the doubt, the doubt of people around you, the doubt of, you know, results that you've expected to have come through. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs and, you know, having that self-confidence and and that belief that, you know, you are who you say you are or you are who you're going to be or you are who you believe you are. You are who you've dreamed. You are who you envisioned. You are who you think you are. Then, man, my word tells me as a man thinking, so is he. Yeah. And if you have that self-confidence, man, you can get a lot of things done. Yeah, for sure. What's the hardest part about being a champion? Um, the hardest part probably about being a champion, my in myself, it's like, you know, the like I'm self-motivated and, and I'm self-confident, uh, but I also hold myself to a higher degree than a lot of other people do, you know. They'll look at some sparring and they'll be like, man, you look really good, man. You look clean. And I'll look at sparring and I'll be like, man, I hope – I hope he don't post that. <laughs> I hope, you know, yeah. I, again, I need, I need more of this. I need more of that. Or, you know, I feel as though there are some times where I could be doing more. I, could, I should be doing more in my own head when there are other people telling me, yeah, you know, you're doing great or you're doing enough. And, you know, so having that understanding of not burning out and, and, and balancing it, you know, being a champion comes with longevity. You know, yeah. you come, you come from, being a prospect to a contender to then being become a champion. And in those processes, in those trials and seasons, you, you learn different things. And when, yeah. when you're a contender, you act like a contender, you react like a contender, you eat, you think, you move and do things contenderly. But when you become a champion, you know, you kind of have that pedigree or that like, put it this way, when we were, when I wrestled at Penn State, we were like always in the top eight or nine in the country you okay. know, within at Penn State as a unit. But like that one time, that one year, we had the number one recruiting class in the country. Phil Davis was the captain. I think I was even like maybe a little, a little bit of captain at that time. Um, we were 
doing our thing at Penn State. We became the number one ranked team in the country for like seven days, right? But like, but, but that's not the point of the story. And I just gotta yeah. throw that out there. So the first day, if you know how in college, everyone's looking at the rankings, you wanna know where you pet up. I mean, even now people are looking at rankings now to this day. But when we were out there, we were at Penn State, we were all, you know, probably cold somewhere in, a, in, in someone's apartment, freezing our asses off. <laughs> um, but we got the we got the call or we got the look online and we saw that we were the number one ranked team in the country. And it was like it was like, man, like there is no team, wrestling team in all of America that you can assemble that can beat these ten guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that had a different ring to it. That like it set on me for that night. And the next morning practice was different okay. <laughs> practice was different boy we was yeah. sprinting we were i mean the wrestling and the going and the live and the weight lifting and i mean that boy we walked into that next tournament that weekend you know what i mean number one in the country yeah. basically as a wrestling college team there is no other colleges other than like you know america so we felt Man, we number one in the world. You know, we number one in America. We number one in the world. It's like yeah. that New York mind state. You know, you number yeah. one here. You number one everywhere. You know, so yeah. there there was a different feel to how we did things, how we thought, how we were in interviews. You know, that week, how we were wrestling that week. So we ended up losing that weekend to um, to I want to say Missouri. Okay. That had Aspirin on it, and it had um, Woodley on it. Tyron Woodley. It had that team on it. Yeah. And I also want to say we lost to Nebraska um, when I beat Jordan Burroughs that time. You know, small flex, but okay, fam. Uh, sure. <laughs> so, yeah. but that was that time when I beat Jordan Burroughs, the Olympic champion. Um, you know, but yeah, that was that was a time where you just do things differently because the world has validated who you said you become or who you think you are. Yeah, so, that's what it is. Awesome, man. The hey, well, live up to. So, well, but I also wanted to give you an opportunity to just give a shout out to teammates, coaches, sponsors, anything like that, man. The, the camera's all yours. Man, um, I'm just free flowing, bro. I give a shout out to my man, Dewey Cooper, bro. He's, he's really working with me right now, getting me sharp, getting me boxing sharp. Like, nice. <laughs> I'm going to hurt something <laughs> when I come yeah. back. Somebody going to get hurt. I mean, I already, I mean, there's only a few people who know how hard I hit in the game. And really, when it comes to stand-up, I don't really show a lot of it in my fight. Yeah. Um, the time I won the belt, you got to see me a little bit stick and move, stick and move. But I was still not really focusing on the stand-up part of knocking that guy out when I fought, when I fought for the Bahadine Corporation. I was really just kind of knowing that this is my first five rounds and this is my first thing to do. So like keep it cool and stick and move and get my grappling going and try to beat him up with that. So like, yeah, when I come back because of Dewey Cooper and the guys that I'm training with, uh, keep me, Ken Kwamba, um, I'm training with Drysdale. Uh, everybody knows, you know, Drysdale's a, a magician when it comes to that jujitsu game and yeah. teaching me a lot of things. And, you know, I'm training with Max and, you know, and, uh, Isaiah, you guys won't know a lot of these people, but these people are common. These people are young, hungry lions, and it's good to be around young, unnamed folks. Yeah. You know, I'm around this kid named Orlando. Got all the talent in the world. I mean, these guys keep a uh, you know keep me young. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting 
you know, some people calling me a vet these days, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, me getting up there, I'm still running with the young wolves and, you yeah. know, I'm beefing with the lions and I'm still, you know, trying to, you know, keep this, keep this thing at a, at a, at a mindset that says, you know, we, we, we don't die young, you know, yep. we, we do this thing, the long route and we've had a great time. We, 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 we keep pushing. We got a lot more to look forward to, um, you know, there might be some things in the near future that change with where I am and, you know, in my position of life. And I'm just happy that in this pandemic with all the stuff that's going on in the world with, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and social injustices and social um, things to speak on. I'm just happy that, you know, I have a freedom to not only speak my mind, raise my family, fight, coach, do the things I love, um, with all just care freedom because I live in America, you know what I mean? Yeah. This is one of the best countries in the world. And if we could get to a place where we just love each other and just have this unity about what we're doing behind who we are, it's, 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 it's one race and it's a, it's a humanity thing. And yeah. We have a complex. We're just not understanding that we're all humans, you know? Right. So Man, Bubba, shout out to the people who are helping me. Shout out to the humans that are surrounded around me. Um, the people that are, are true, true lovers of, of love, you know, have a base of just being there for other people as well as, uh, you know, there for me. <laughs> so yeah. shout out to them. Come on, man. Bubba, such an honor to have you on my show. 200th episode, top rated in May. So honored that you joined me for this. Thank you again, man. I, I just am mind blown. Your story is awesome. Thank you again for taking the time. No doubt, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me go on and on about the story. I guess they got a full view of, you know, birth to now. <laughs> you, know come on. You, gotta, you feel who I am now. So, you you know, you, if you rock with me, come follow me. I'm at a all the Bubba Jenkins things. If you see Bubba Jenkins and you don't see me or you don't see my swag or you don't see my flow, it ain't me. Yeah. Uh, I ain't going to go ahead and plug it. If you care enough to follow me, then come follow me. And that's yeah. it. I'm on all of it except for like the new stuff. Like right. I ain't on the TikToks. I'm really <laughs> not on Snapchat. I'm not on Snapchat at all. Yeah. I, I kind of cut it off at Instagram, but like I'm there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm there on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. So holla at me. Come on. Thanks, Bo, so much for your time, man. Have an awesome day. You too, man. We'll see you. All right, bye. Jimmy, you're the current LFA and FCF 125-pound champion. Thank you again for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, man. I like to start back at the beginning, man. Where'd you grow up, and what was childhood like for you? Uh, growing up was tough, man. I had two older sisters and two older brothers. Uh, we weren't a very wealthy family, so uh, growing up was very tough on us. Uh, I lived off of a generator multiple times. I've had my water cut off. My dad's been in and out of prison. Uh, wow. Family on and off drugs my whole life. Uh, but it's made me who I am today. So, yeah. Uh, I had that grind of wrestling when I was three years old. My dad always kept me in sports, though. I got beat up by my brothers, my sisters being the youngest. So it made me a real tough guy. And uh, so, like, it, it, it's been an amazing ride for me, man. It's been a tough one, a lot of hard work. Uh, 
here in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. I wrestled my whole life. And at 17, I ended up dropping out of school. And my dad moved me down to Corpus Christi, Texas. And I started training under Hector Munoz. And uh, that's how I got into it all. Come on, man. Well, I'm a big believer in life happens for us, not to us. And man, it just proves that you're on this right path, man, for sure. And, and you've been fighting MMA for over 10 years now. I noticed on your record, though, according to Tapology, if it's correct, you had five canceled fights in a row between 2013 and 2014. What happened with those canceled fights? Uh, man, there's a lot of stuff. And Tapology, like you said, is not 100%. There are yeah. at least fights where I never even had a contract. But there are a few fights that we verbally agreed on and stuff just didn't work out, whether it was the weight class or the punk getting hurt. Uh, okay. One fight I did pull out of, uh, pulled out one fight because when I got hurt against Patrick Ibarra, um, we've had canceled shows the day of the fight. Um, there's just been so much stuff. So there for a while, I did have a lot of canceled fights and uh, stuff like that. But uh well, here lately everything's been back on the grind the 125 is a dominant weight class again uh, yeah. that's where my most of my career has been up and down with 135 125 135 125 now we're at 125 we got back-to-back -back titles and uh, lfa world titles so um, yeah we got big things in the work how did you get the nickname the brick the brick everybody loves it man uh, i grew up wrestling uh, fell into love with jiu-jitsu, fell into love with stand-up, and it just all came together, and uh, my game solid all over like a brick, baby. Okay, like, come on. As the fight goes, I'm solid all over, baby. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, like you mentioned, back in February of this year, you won that FCF title, and then back in July, you won the LFA title. Neither fight made it out of the first round. Congratulations again, by the way. What was it like fighting with no crowd at the LFA event? Uh, honestly, I think it worked out in advantage. Uh, okay. I have a very good mindset when I go into these fights, whether there's a shitload of fans or not that many fans, I only hear my corner and I hear his corner. Mm -hmm. I heard his corner. Great. Honestly, too. So okay. it worked out in advantage. Uh, I do really good with that wrestling my whole life in front of fans, without fans in the wrestling room in the gauntlet. Uh, I've been doing this stuff forever. I was built for it. So yeah. with or without fans, it didn't make a difference. I had one, I had one plan, and that was to go in there and win this title, and that's exactly what I did. Yeah, nice. And you touched base on this a little bit, but you talked about mindset. Like fighting is such a, a mental sport, as as much as it is a physical sport. How do you train mentally? Uh, mentally, it's tough, man. I I feel that's what makes or breaks these fighters. Yeah, yeah. you know, we fighters missing weight left and right now. That's because I feel they're not mentally tough. Uh, I said growing up mentally, I went through a lot, man, from not having hot water to my house running off generator to my dad being in prison to, you know, all kinds of stuff. My family in and out of drugs, trying to stay out of that and live the right life. So my mindset is very strong. I have a very good mindset and I have a hell of a work ethic. And yeah. you put all together, you get the LFA champ. Come on, man. Uh, describe what it takes to be a champion in one word for me. Man, that's a tough one. I'd say toughness. Toughness. Yeah, absolutely. Makes a difference. And whether it's mentally tough, physically tough, whatever it is, man, my toughness is what really helps me out a lot. Nice. What's the most challenging part about being a champion? 
the grind, baby, the grind. Yeah. Yeah. I wake up at four or five o'clock in the morning. I don't get home and go to bed till 10, 11 o'clock at night, sometimes later. Uh, the grind is what really pushes me and uh, lets me know, you know, I'm doing all the right things to be able to get this job done. Yeah. Any backstage rituals or how you feel before you walk out to the cage, man? You ever have, uh, you know, get scared or nervous come over you? Uh, no, not no more. I don't get them nerves. Like the last fight, the LFA fight, there was no nerves. Uh, I have a little prayer I say. I, I never pray for victory. I always pray to be able to go back to work, me and my opponents be healthy and go back to our families. Uh, I always praise the Lord when I win and I praise the Lord when I lose. Come on. That's awesome, man. I wanted to shift to some fun questions here real quick for us. I've got these things called pod decks, essentially just random questions for us podcasters. Pull one out here, see if that flops or not. Uh, What are you most excited about right now? I think that's a good one for you. The fighting in front of Dana White himself. It's a dream come true. Uh, Even though it's not the UFC, it is at the apex where all the UFC fights are going down. And Dana White's going to be ringside. That's always been one of my dreams is to fight in front of him. Man, I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. Always an interesting question to ask, but who is someone that has hit you the hardest? Whether that be in a fight or while you're in training that you just got rocked. You're like, man, that guy, he, he totally rocked me. Uh, uh, here in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, I have a buddy named Chase McDougal. Okay. He is a world-class stand-up fighter from uh, the stick fighting to Sam Shaw. And uh, this guy, he hit me so hard, I thought I went blind one time. Oh, and my during, gosh. And uh, he's one of the hardest-hitting 125ers or even one of the hardest-hitting guys I've ever trained with. Uh, him and his brother, that's what they've been doing their whole life, and I've never been hit harder. <laughs> I got two more questions for you, man. What's your favorite type of music for you? Do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Uh, honestly, that's what I throw people off with, man. I'm really not a music guy. Okay. Uh, most of the times when I go running, I like to just run and think, you know, I like to, you know, be in my head, think about situations. Uh, the song that I prefer to come out to for fighting is Scatman jo- John, skiddy doo dop 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 That's yeah. one of my favorite songs. It gets me loose. I, I like to dance. I like to stay calm. Um, most the time I don't get to pick my music though okay. so uh we just play whatever they play uh yeah I'm not a music guy really I'm one of the very few probably no, for sure what's your greatest fear I am scared to death of snakes and enclosed <laughs> areas you know so like when my wife wants me to get out of the house to do work or something like that I'm not very good with uh claustrophobic stuff or anything like that and uh i I hate snakes okay yeah i'm with you there man absolutely um jim i also wanted to give you an opportunity just to give a shout out to coaches teammates sponsors anything like that man the show's all yours right now oh awesome man i appreciate it um for all the new sponsors that want to get on board for this fight just contact me uh i appreciate all my training partners uh, everybody that supports me, all my sponsors from my last fight, Harvest Health, The Plug 918, Midwest Extract, Ryan and Rose Roofing, Seth from Keller Williams Realty, Simpsons Truck Lining, Broadway Barber, Core Hog, Big Elks Energy and Gas, Keystone Chevrolet, All Britain Plumbing, Also Plastics, 
Code Zero Customs, HKA USA, Micah Stockton with New York Life, Blue Line Signs, Primary Colors, Retro Relics, Evolved Health and Wellness, Tulsa Sport Acupuncture, The Office on Main and Sand Springs, my gym, CrossFit, Sand Springs, Forza Combat Sports, Thunderkick Tulsa, and Fighting for Autism. I'm official ambassador for Fighting for Autism, so I always support Fighting for Autism. So I appreciate everybody for the support. And if anybody wants to jump on board, please get with me ASAP. We got big things. Come on, man. Jimmy, such an honor to have you on my 200th episode of the Top Run MMA show. It's all about champions, and I'm so honored to have you on, man. Thank you again for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, man. You're the current EFC middleweight champion, former EFC welterweight champion, former KSMU welterweight champion, and an entrepreneur, man. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, only a pleasure, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean I, I'm keeping busy. It keeps me out of trouble. And, uh, I mean, uh, I just like to, uh, you know, collect the gold and, and try and make something of it. Yeah, go on, man. Well, I like to go back a bit with my shows, man. Where did you grow up and what was childhood like for you? I mean, I grew up in a in a in a, a town called Abdesbur Dam. I grew up with three brothers. I'm the youngest. Okay. Uh, a pretty normal uh, South African family, uh, Afrikaans family, uh, mom, dad, uh, a very happy family. And uh, I played a lot of sports growing up. I started judo at the age of five, just for fun, just because my brothers did it. And I mean, that was basically the start of my of my fighting career. At five years old, and after judo, I started wrestling. I started for two years and then i went over to kickboxing when i was 15 14 15 until i was 18 i became a wacko uh, k1 world champion yeah and uh after that the the, the dream started i started uh, six months after high school i made my professional mma debut and uh, the rest is history come on man that's awesome well you're 14 yeah. and 2 with 14 finishes you've got nine of those coming via submission five of those knockout or ko do you have a preference? Obviously, you're great all around, but do you have a preference? Do you like to keep the fight standing or do you like taking it to the ground? Man, I have to say uh, a lot of people uh, prefer the stand-up or prefer the ground. I, I personally prefer to, to take the fight, especially in the first round, and see uh, where the fight goes. I try to get the fight in all aspects of the, of the game within the first round. I try to clinch up. I try to take it to the ground. I try to keep it standing. Obviously, the fight starts standing. So I try to do, to feel out my opponent everywhere, yeah. you know, uh, and uh, especially when you train for a fight and I, I go out there with a certain goal in mind, testing my stand-up or testing techniques and testing myself. And, you know, whenever things don't go according to plan, let's say the guy's stand-up doesn't accommodate mine. I mean, he's catching me. My timing's off. Uh, he, has, he has awkward timing. I like to take the fight to the floor and see what, what's happening there. If yeah. things aren't going my way on the floor, I like to keep it in the clinch. And, you know, somewhere uh, you should be able to make leeway. So for me personally, I don't have a preference on where the fight goes. Uh, I like to, to, keep, to get the fight on all aspects as soon as possible to see where my best chances lies to win the fight. And that doesn't mean necessarily that's where I'll keep the fight. That just means that's my safe place. So I like to test out where my safe spot is in the fight. And as soon as things don't go my way, I want to keep it there. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. How did you get the nickname Still Knox? So my amateur uh, uh, K1 career, I had 33 fights with 30 knockouts. 
And uh, my big brother actually came out, come came out with the with the with the name Stillnox. I didn't even know what it was, and he was like, "No, it's a sleeping pill," and that's uh, that's how we came about the name. And yeah, that just stuck around. That was just before my first pro fight, and that's the name we gave up, and it kind of stuck. Okay. <laughs> that's great man well your teammate Cameron Simon was on my show and he talked about that you guys have this mental coach for you and your team how important is yeah. it to have a mental coach man and be mentally prepared for your fights I mean uh in the beginning of my career I didn't even think about that to be honest I didn't even think uh, the mental part played this big a role and you know after suffering my first loss as a professional uh, I felt devastated. Uh, it was my first loss as a combat athlete, uh, my whole amateur career, my whole pro career. And, uh, you know, dealing with a loss, I didn't really think it would affect me that hard uh, emotionally. And then I realized how tough the mental state is to be in and to getting the confidence back to fight again and get back in there with the same confidence I had before after suffering your first loss. And uh, I started uh, to do a little bit of investigation on, on the mental side of things. And uh, actually, he was a good friend of mine and he studied uh, and he, he had a, he, he studied a degree in, 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 uh, in that. And uh, we started talking, we started working together and he said, well, I mean, I can help you out with a few things that I've learned. And uh, we started working together and it just started working out great. And my mindset just shifted. I started enjoying everything, the whole game more. I started getting more focused. I started to to see it for what it is and uh, you know uh, being able to shut to shut down fighting in my mind when when the fight's over shutting down training after training and you know being able to live my life and being a professional athlete and not you know always being on because you can't stay switched on you'll burn out and that's one yeah. thing I realized and uh, I, I honestly believe that 70% of this game is, is won in the mental battle yeah and uh, ever since I made that mind shift in my career just went from strength to strength uh, I feel so much better. I feel more confident. And, uh, you know, I've had another loss after that. And uh, I handled that loss so much better than the first one. And that was simply because my mindset was was right. And I knew that loss was, it's never good to, to lose. It's, it's it's terrible feeling to lose. But I knew that uh, that loss that wouldn't defy me. And uh, I could only get better from that and learn from that. And that's the attitude that I developed through mental training and getting through it. And I came back a much better fighter after each loss. So, yeah. I mean, the mental part is absolutely detrimental to my success. Yeah. Man, so awesome. How do you feel backstage, man? Do you ever get nervous or scared at all? Oh, absolutely. I think any fighter that tells you they don't is, is lying. I mean, okay. uh, obviously, as I, as I warm up, I, I start to get more focused. And that's where the mental training also comes in is everybody's stressed. Everybody's nervous. Uh, I feel the same kind of stress that I did in my first fight, you know, just not scared of another human, not scared of getting hurt, not scared of that actual fight, but scared of failing, uh, mm. disappointing fans, family, friends, people that believe in you. And, you know, it's uh, almost like it's an embarrassing feeling if you if you lose in front of millions of people worldwide, if you lose in front of thousands of fans. It's it's nobody wants that. Yeah. So I mean that's the that's where the where the fear comes in. It's not a fear of, of getting beat. It's a fear of losing in front of so many people and, you know, the hard work and the people that believe in you. So, I mean, obviously, the stress is always a, a big factor and that's where the mental side of things coming in to take that stress and channeling it in a, in a way that, you know, you are here, the stress is, is a big factor, but you've prepared for this and overthinking is a, is a big no-no for me. And, you know, when, when fight night arrives, it, it doesn't help that you stress about it. It doesn't help you think too much. 
you've already done the hard work. Now it's just time to go out there and fight. So, I mean, obviously the stress before a fight backstage is, is always big. It's massive. But as soon as I walk out, I just feel a kind of calmness of mm. it's out of my hands right now. Right now, the only thing I can do is go out there, perform at the base of my ability. And um, so help me. Uh, if, I, if, I, if I lose, it was part of the journey. And if I win, it's, it's all obviously great. The only thing I always want is to be able to perform to the best of my abilities and the capability that I know I can perform at. So, I mean, that's always my mindset, you know, walking out there, stressing. I never want to lose. I always want to win when I go out there. But, you know, just performing and putting on a show, that's, that's what it's all about for me, doing what I know I can do. Yeah. Uh, if you could, do me a favor. Describe in one word what it takes to be a champion. What it takes to be a champion. In one word, I would have to say, never say die in one word. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, man. Never say die. What's the most challenging part of being a champion? I think the most challenging part for most people is staying, stay, as soon as you become the champion and you reach that goal of becoming a champion is staying focused and, you know, keeping, keeping, reminding yourself that this is not the end. Being a champion yeah. in, in an organization is not the main goal. It, it, it used to be when I was just starting to fight. I, being a champion was the ultimate goal. Just being an EFC champion was the only thing I ever dreamed of. And as soon as that comes along, you have to, you have to realize that you have to have a next goal in mind, always. You always have to have something you're working towards and have a bigger goal. And like the cliche says, you have to find your why. And if you, if you set your goal too low, then you realize that you reach that goal pretty soon and then what's motivating you. Right. And I would say that's one of the most challenging things is staying motivated and uh, keeping keeping your goals at so high that it's almost impossible to reach. But, you know, you have something to work towards every single day. And for me, my ultimate goal is to be the greatest MMA fighter to ever walk this earth. And that is, uh, that is a lifelong goal. That's not something you can achieve overnight. That's not something that's ever going to fade. That's my ultimate life goal, and that's what I'm working towards. And that's why I manage to stay motivated every day in, day out, keep on training and never being satisfied, being truly grateful for what I have and what I've accomplished, but never being satisfied with what I have. Oh, man. So good. So good. What's coming up next for you, man? Any fights lined up at all? I mean, uh, right now, the EFC is, is really uh, uh, international travel for us is a, is a little bit of a problem right now. I mean, we have a, a big potential with the USC shooting uh, right now. Obviously, like I said, traveling and all that, it's not really a possibility. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I want to stay active. I'm fit. I'm healthy. I'm, I'm, I've been training the whole lockdown. I've been training through the whole pandemic. Uh, obviously, we had a, a few teammates move into my house. We've been training super hard. Uh, we're ready to take a fight tomorrow if we have to. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, uh, as soon as the EFC, we're looking maybe beginning of September, end of August, maybe doing an event. And hopefully I can fight for a light heavyweight title. I mean, that's a, that's a next step. That's a big challenge for me. Uh, I haven't fought at light heavyweight ever. Okay. So that will be great for me as a middleweight champion to go up another division and, you know, just uh, challenge myself in that and have a local fight while I stay tuned for something bigger. And as soon as this uh, uh, whole pandemic is over, the, the, uh, you know, I want to stay active. This whole year has been pretty hard. No fights happening. Right. So, I mean, while I'm fit, healthy, I mean, injuries are always lurking in this sport. And while I don't have any injuries, while I'm fit and ready, I want to fight as often as I possibly can. So, you know, just staying active, whatever opportunity comes up, I want to take it. And right now, it looks like a, a shot at the light heavyweight belt is, is the closest opportunity that I'm going to get to a, to a fight. Okay. 
Man, that's awesome. Well, so it sounds like if I'm doing my research right, you're going to be kind of a free agent in the MMA world come December. What's the plans for you in 2021, man? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, end of October, my contract with uh, KSW is all over. And uh, yeah, then I'm a free agent. And yeah, I mean, we're in big talks with the UFC at the moment and uh, everything's looking solid. So let's hope that the first very first thing uh, in 2021 is a, is a is a UFC debut. Man, that would be so cool to see, man. I've got these things are called pod decks. Essentially, they're just random questions, man. So I'm going to pull All one right. out and see what happens. Hopefully, it's not a flop here. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> What's the most awkward thing that happens to you on a regular basis? Uh, people assuming I'm dumb because I'm a fighter. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> So yeah. true, man. I think fighters are like People the smartest guys. Stop explain, explaining the most obvious things to me, and I'm like, no, I really understand. I'm not dumb yet. Right. <laughs> uh, this is always a fun question to ask, but who has hit you the hardest, whether that be in training or in a fight? Is there someone that hit you and you're like, man, that really rocked me? I mean, uh, my teammate, Mikhail Opperman, kicked me in the jaw once in okay. training, and he broke my jaw in two places. Oh my so gosh. that was by far the hardest hit I've ever taken in, in any fight or any sort of fighting situation by far. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Man. What's a bucket list item for you that you want to go check off? A bucket list item, I would love to go over 400 kilometers an hour. That's okay. crazy. That's one of the, that's one of the one, the big ones that I, that I, I want to go 400 kilometers an hour in anything. I'm not sure what it is <laughs> other than a plane, of course. Something with wheels, and I want to go as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah, sweet man. Absolutely. Uh, last question for I'm a music guy, so I always love to ask this question. What's a favorite type of music, or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Uh, well, I mean, I'm a pretty hard rock guy myself. I, I've, uh, I love hard rock music. I have a very broad base of music uh, taste. Uh, every genre has something that I, I do like, but I mean, my the music that I most often listen to is has to be hard rock. I mean, that's a pretty big cliche for a fighter, but. Yeah, I'm a big hard rock fan. I mean, I love uh, Airborne. They played uh, my walkout songs from Airborne. It's an Australian band. Yeah. They have some badass rock music. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Very cool, man. Well, Drinkus, I also wanted to give you an opportunity to give a shout out to either teammates, coaches, sponsors, anything like that, man. The camera's all yours. Awesome. Thank you. I want to give a big shout out to my team at Team CIT uh, MMA in uh, Rio Pretoria, South Africa. A big shout out to our team's main sponsor, Q4 Fuel. Uh, without them, our gym, I mean, we survived this whole lockdown uh, thanks to them. And they, they really gave us a they, they, the never-ending support. They never stopped supporting us during this time. And thanks to them, we get to keep our gym uh, doors open. And thanks to every single fan, every single person that, that uh, not only a fan of me, of me as a fighter, but a fan of the sport, uh, keeping the sport that we love alive and watching and supporting and you know every just staying active on on social media that that's what motivates us i know that motivates me and thank you for bringing the best out of us uh, it's great and thanks to you for for doing this and keeping our dream alive it's it's absolutely awesome and thanks for having me yeah absolutely well uh, such an honor to have you on the show drinkus and looking forward to that ufc debut in 2021 for you man and obviously continuing to collect those belts man thank you so much for jumping on the show today man really appreciate it Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute Thank pleasure. you so much for watching the show today. I so appreciate it. Please leave a comment down below. Leave us a review. Share this video. We want to get it in front of as many people as we can. I'm going to continue to bring on the best guests possible from world changers 
entrepreneurs, success-minded people, and the best up-and-coming fighters, real fighters, real stories. We are creating visionaries here on this channel. Thank you so much for checking it out. Have an awesome day.